All right. Well, three title fights in a row. This third one is going to be the biggest of all at the Mountain America Center on January 27th. And the challenger is going to be none other than Ariel France. We cannot wait to see her. Ariel, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, anytime I have an excuse to miss work and talk about fighting is a win for me. Well, hey, I, I do want to kick things off and just say, like I said at the intro, three title fights in a row. How are you feeling headed into this one? Um, I feel really good. Obviously, this is my for this is my fourth title fight, um, all back to back. So it's kind of just what the norm's been lately, and um, it's always a little bit more fun when there's some hardware on the line. With the first fight being back in Idaho, your first fight in Idaho since 2021, your debut, is it nice to be able to fight in your home state? It is. It is nice to be a little bit closer to home, not have as big of a travel day on it. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Your career has kind of gone all over the place. I mean, you fought as high as 150 pounds, 100 and I believe it was 151 pounds, uh, all the way down to bantamweight. You've been all over the place. For you, mm -hmm. is there a specific weight class that you prefer? Obviously, this one's going to be contested at 145. Where do you like to fight and where do you feel best at? Yeah, I consider myself a true bantamweight. I think 135 is just where I belong. Um, I've even considered going down to 125 just with where my height is at, but um, I like 135 the best. It's just seemingly a lack of fighters there these days. So I just move around to stay active. For you, what specifically do you like about being at 135? Do you just feel most comfortable there? Do you have a heavy weight cut or no? Or how do you feel when you cut down to 135? I just think it's it's a prime spot for me to be. It allows me to keep you know my muscle mass and that explosivity. And I still feel durable. And I feel right within, you know, a good height, good reach where I'm not too much at a disadvantage, but it feels, I feel the most dangerous at 135. So I, one of the big reasons we do this podcast is we want to get to know these fighters before they make the walk or after they make the walk, whatever it may be. So I do want to ask you a little bit, obviously you're an elite athlete, obviously you've garnered belts over the course of your MMA career, but what has the athletic life of Ariel France been like throughout the entirety of your life? Um, you know, I've been an athlete from the jump. I come from a long line of division one football players and coaches and sports was just like breathing in my household. Um, but yeah, my uh, sport of choice was softball. I played at Boise state, played at that D one level. And so when I graduated, I just kind of, I tried to just be a strength and conditioning coach, worked a little bit with the professional athletes, but I just missed that competition piece and um, tried some things like bodybuilding, CrossFit and so forth. And, you know, um, tried my hand at some MMA and I just got hooked. And honestly, I, I fell in love with the sport and um, I'll do it until I physically cannot any longer. <laughs> How much do you attribute your collegiate softball? Because obviously that seems to be the highest level in which you've competed in any sport. How much do you attribute your high performing level of softball has transitioned into your MMA career? I definitely think there's a huge correlation between the rotational movements uh, that softball, you know, demanded to striking. And, and I think that's really what's given me <clears throat> a foundation to be able to pursue a fighting career a little bit later in life, right? Um, I haven't been doing combat sports very long. I'm pretty new to them, actually. Um, but competing at a high level, you know, I already have the athleticism, I have, you know, the strength, the rotational power and the mindset, honestly, to compete um, in under pressure situations. So it kind of all just... Um, kind of worked out for me how long have you been training mma at this point uh let's see 
I mean, like seriously training MMA, probably three years. Um, not very long. I, I, you know, I dabbled in it for funsies, but I would say it wasn't until 2020 that I actually was like, you know what, I want to get in the cage. And then after that first fight, I was like, you know what, I think, I think I could make something of this. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And I actually quit my job, um, as a strength and conditioning coach at the time and, uh, decided to pursue the athletic thing. So when you ended up quitting your job and when you actually had that initial fight, what was it about it that separated it from any other experience you had ever had in terms of your sports and athletic career? I think it's just like an adrenaline rush, man. Like there's nothing quite like fighting and um, it's terrifying. And, uh, you know, any fighter could tell you that the the nerves that you get before you jump in the cage is just crazy. And uh, but also having that outlet for, um, you know, violence in, in a disciplined manner, it, there's just nothing quite like it. And um, I'm, I'm obsessed. And I think you have to be obsessed because it's not an easy sport. It's painful, even, you know, even practice, right. Um, you suffer a lot. And so you just have to love it. You have to be bought in. And so everyone that I come across that's in the game, I know that they are as passionate about what they do as I am. And I think that's pretty cool. Have you ever had a moment or an experience in which case you didn't love it for, you know, a short period of time? I mean, yeah, it's definitely a love and hate relationship. Like it can be very frustrating. I, just as much as I haven't experienced as high of highs as I ever have with fighting, I also haven't quite experienced as low of lows on a competition platform, right? My last fight was my first loss and um, that sucks. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like that was that was pretty tough and it was very emotionally raw and, you know, going, it's also been increasingly difficult for me to line fights up lately. So, you know, you're just training and training and you're putting a lot of um, wear and tear on your body. And then for you not to get to that fight, not to get to that competition platform, um, it gets really frustrating. Um, so there are definitely times where I'm like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? Um, but then, you know, it, it brings you right back in uh, as soon as you get to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> no, certainly. I do know you had a canceled bout near the end of this year, 2023. And I'm curious, what was the reasoning behind that canceled bout? And was it part of what you were just alluding to is that it's frustrating that people pull out? Um, so actually, my most recent one, I can't even blame her. Um, my opponent broke her foot about eight days before we were supposed to fight. Um, I was going to defend my 145 title for Mountain Force. And my opponent, Kaya, she's she's a gamer. She's really awesome. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it's the nature of the beast and she was sparring and, and, you know, accidents happen. And at that point it was just too late. We tried to get people to step in, but taking a fight, a title fight on eight days notice is it's quite, quite a move. So, and you know, like I said, that's the nature of the sport and there's injuries and there's jitters, especially at the amateur level level. Um, people get nervous, right? And so you never really know why they back out, uh, but it happens a lot. All right, guys, before we keep going, we got to talk a little bit about our podcast sponsor, Water and Wellness. Now, you've heard us talk about water and wellness before, but I got to tell you, this is the best water I have ever had in my entire life. Alkaline filtered, some of the tastiest stuff you'll ever have. I crave it like it's a cheap meal in itself, but it is so good for you. And they're stationed right here in Salt Lake City. So go ahead, head over to Water and Wellness for the best water you have ever had in your life. Change your water, change your life. Let's get back to the podcast. What are your nerves like prior to a fight? Have you ever had them or are they kind of in the back of your mind? What are you like in the back? 
my very first fight was what I like to describe as like a car crash. Um, it was just the adrenaline dump. It was in my hometown, right? It's in Boise, Idaho. All my friends there, not just my friends, but girls that I coach, people that I mentor, right? They're all there. And um, and I've never done it before. So it was, it was kind of crazy. That first one, there's never... There hasn't been one that, like the first one. The first one, my nerves went crazy. I took on a whole different persona and I just kind of went crazy. But um, ever since then, uh, I get really excited and I just remind myself there's always jitters, but I remind myself that nerves, you know, excitement and anxiety present themselves in the body the same way. So I just remind myself that I'm excited to get to do what I've trained for. And uh, mostly I'm just really pumped to do the front part. I did want to go back to something that you talked about, talking about that loss to Olivia Beerley. What did you take away from that loss? Obviously, it was a low of low, as they say, but also, I mean, there's a lot to learn from that as well. Is there anything that you took away from that loss? I took so much away from that loss. And, and you know what? It sucked. And, <clears throat> and, and you know, for a long time, I, I really was beating myself up about it. But um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you get more information back from your failures than you ever do from success. And so I rewatched that fight probably a hundred thousand times at this point. I mean, even within the following week of that fight, I must've watched it a thousand times and I know exactly where I messed up. I know exactly what needed to be adjusted. And um, it, it gave me, you know, a new foundation to build off of coming into this one. And again, it's amateur, right? So I've always said that I want to get my ass whooped as an amateur because once you go pro, it goes away, right? So um, I want to fight the most dangerous people at the amateur level because I want to know where I'm at. I need to know where I need to work on. So that way when we go pro, we kind of, we have our ducks in the line and it was a necessary humbling that I needed to uh, get my ass back in the gym and have a mission and, you know, get better. Um, There are a lot of badass women out there and if you get too far ahead of yourself um you get got <laughs> you talked about it being such a humbling experience and and watching it over you know hundreds and or you know however many times it may be i'm curious do you would you consider yourself your own biggest critic or do you need someone else to light that fire under you i am 100% my own biggest critic every single fight that i've ever had even sparring matches i text my coach within an hour after with basically a, you know, a debrief, like, here's what I saw. Here's what I think we need to work on. What do you think? What did you see? Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I expect, I have very, very high expectations of myself. You know, I'm a, a talented athlete. I know how to get it done. And um, if I can't figure out how to execute something, I don't know who can. So I definitely think I'm my own biggest critic. One of the big things that that I always ask every single guest that comes on this show is kind of the journey to begin their MMA career. And so I just want to start things off by just asking, what got you into the gym in the first place and what piqued your interest? Yeah, so I was working as a GM of a gym um, that no longer exists, but at the time there was an MMA team there. And um, so, you know, I was one of the head coaches for our strength and conditioning, our performance side of things. We, we dealt with a lot of... Um, sports teams and athletes and that was kind of our thing we just happened to have an mma team in there and they'd always ask me like ariel like come spar come spar like come do this like you'll be great at it and one day i said yes and um one of my friends who actually has fought on the fierce cards raymond lowry um he punched me square in the face 
And from that moment on, I knew that MMA is exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, absolutely. Like, let's go. <laughs> How much do you attribute your knowledge of strength and conditioning training towards your success in MMA? I definitely, a lot of it. I think what makes me a really unique fighter um, is how strong I am. Um, I have yet to meet someone that has the kind of strength and speed that I do. Um, I am, and you know, for everything that I've had to make up learning skills wise, you know, uh, I've been able to fall back on just being strong. And that's gotten me out of a couple of bad situations. And, you know, I, yeah, I think that what I lacked originally in the skill set I made up for in just pure athleticism. And that was a huge part of kind of finding my way in confidence. So that does bring another question to mind. Uh, so strength conditioning, strength and conditioning training versus MMA training. What does a typical week look like for you? Uh, right now, um, like in camp, I am generally trying to get, um, five, six sessions of just MMA specific, you know, um, going after work, going on the weekends. And then I also four days a week have strength and conditioning, uh, two lifts a week and two conditioning sessions a week. So a lot. <laughs> Certainly busy schedule for you. No doubt about it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about January 27th. I am so curious. What do you think of Melody Schrock, currently the Fierce FC amateur female featherweight champion? Your thoughts on who you're going to be facing in just a couple of weeks? Yeah, she's awesome. Obviously, I've, I've uh, watched all the fights. I think we've kind of um, been on each other's radar for a little bit here. Just hadn't, hadn't worked out yet. And, uh, you know, she is a very strong grappler. Obviously, I'm pretty sure like all of her opponents have walked out with like bodily injuries at this point. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a great matchup, you know, uh, she's a badass. Obviously she takes her strength and conditioning very serious too. And, um, she seems, I honestly, I don't know her. Um, all I know is from her fights and she's a badass woman and I'm really excited to show a cage with her. Third possible belt for you, obviously coming off of that devastating loss. I'm curious how important and how vital is getting a win on January 27th? Um, uh, you know, I don't like to tie um, my personal, you know, feelings and, and stuff to the outcomes because part of that's out of my control, right? But um, it's very important to me to go in there and feel like I put my best performance on display. And and I truly believe that if I do that, I, I come out with a win. Um, and, you know, again, everyone wants to win. We're all competitors. I want to win all the time and nothing else and, and be the best. But um, more importantly, I want to go out there and demonstrate everything that I feel like I've added to my game in the last year. And I, I want to feel like it was a success. And, um, you know, that is just getting in the cage is extremely important to me. All right. Last question from me. What is the number one thing that you are looking forward to in a couple of weeks? Ah, just getting back in the cage. I only got to fight once in 2023. Um, and I ideally would like to be in the cage like four or five times every year. So for me to just be in there one time really freaking sucked. And also my dad is flying out from Illinois to come watch me again. And he's just my biggest fan. So I'm really excited to, uh, to be in the cage to share that moment with my dad and my people and uh, bring back the win for a uh, team. No excuse. January 27th, Idaho falls mountain America center, Ariel France versus melody Schrock. It's going to be an incredible amateur featherweight title bout tickets on sale right now. If you're fighting championship.com Ariel, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it.
Of course, thanks.